That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Welcome to the grand final edition of the take with well a lot of blokes now mm. really actually we've got don't even worry just call it the take the take with Willie and Rennie and Minzer and me uh, we are Mini here. Mason mature <laughs> not burn. all of us I'm out I'm out it's my moustache so we are here to talk about obviously the grand final um, we've got a lot of grand final experience in the group and they're pretty well placed to be able to run us through the feelings about this week, the feelings about the game, feelings when you win for one of the teams as well. What we might do, though, is we'll introduce who we've got with. They probably need no introduction. We'll start with the great Anthony Minicello. Means a welcome, mate. How are we? All good. We're good? Yeah. All good. Ren? Brenner. Hello, mate. How you going? How's your day, mate? Pretty good. Good day. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Willie. Hey. How Hello. you doing? I'm good. Are you about to have you have a big day? I've had a shit day. Yeah. But anyway, now long I'm, day, mate. I have an umpiring kids cricket. Let me tell How you. How was that? Did Finn win? They did win. Uh, they did win. I didn't win. I stood out there. I could have. How long does it take to umpire yeah. a game? It felt like four hours. And it was only three and a half. It was pro- no, it was probably <laughs> three, but it felt like four, and it was the longest four hours of my life. But anyway, I'm here now with the boys, and we can talk about rugby league. So, where would you rather be? I'll tell you where you wouldn't be: cricket. <laughs> Nick Farr-Jones, mm. the ex-Wallaby captain, and we're starting with this. It's almost topical for us because we've only ever had one bad review and it was some bloke who said we needed to keep politics out of sport when we talked about Black Lives Matter yeah. last time. I hope he's so not listening. I hope he is because here we go again, champ. <laughs> Nick Farr-Jones, the ex-Wallaby captain, has come out and said that he personally thinks that if the Wallabies take a knee, it'll be a divisive action. Uh, they haven't actually taken a knee yet, so the most divisive part so far is the fact that he's talking about it. But we made our feelings on this pretty clear. William, should he have just shut his mouth? 100% he should have shut his mouth. And I'm not sure whether he's aware of what's happening in the world, not just in Australian sports, but all over the world. Like with the NBA, this the stance that they've taken with, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, it's been happening all through Europe. Um, England, everything like that, and and it's sort of filtered down to Australia right now. Even the NRL players at uh, at the start of the year, they they were taking a knee, you know. So like a lot of things have happening, and they're trying to make a movement. It's not a movement; it's just about standing for equality, you know. There's it's it's unbelievable the arrogance of this guy. He should know better. I think he's about fifty eight years old. He grew up in Sydney. He's he should know about everything. So people look up to him as this former or. Um, Wallaby great, and he just come up with this shit. The interesting thing, especially, I mean, we're, it's pretty obvious that Polynesians dominate contact 58, 58% of the mm. bladders low, including both sides, is 50, something like 58%. Yeah. And uh, Polynesians. So, yeah. like, if you don't think that you're actually um, not offending these players, you're kidding yourself. Like, where, where, where's his head at? I don't understand. He's just so, like, arrogant, and I just don't understand it, man. It's just, like, proper white privilege at its best i don't think that you can necessarily uh, separate politics and sport either i think you know goes hands in hand hand in hand look at have a look at lebron james and what they're doing over there with the nba and the nba have so like you know 
they let everybody they had you can wear like little messages on your back even the NFL you know you can wear a message on your um on your helmet like these guys are moving forward you know what I mean it's just like once he said this it, it made like it just it makes headlines because it's fucking racist mm. but what he's come up with I'm just like what are you doing man just shut up like everyone's moving at like moving at such a great level throughout the world and then you just like just put a stamp on it and go, all lives matter, which is the most fucking racist shit you can ever fucking say. Like, don't say that. Like, of course all lives matter. All, like, fucking horses matter. You can, you can go really broad with that sort of stuff. All animals matter. Like, all dolphins matter. All, you know, like, all this sort of crap. It's like, of course we know all lives matter, but at the moment, black lives have been fucking absolutely hammered and they're getting killed and shot and everything like that. And it's just unbelievable to hear that from a from a bloke who should be in high, he's held in high esteem in Australian sports and he comes up with this dog shit. He just shut his fucking mouth. I think it's probably more divisive. They haven't even taken a knee. No yet, one's so taken a knee, but, no you, just, but you just want to come out. I'm not sure if he wants to be relevant or he thinks it's fucking 1991 and they win in the World Cup or some shit. Like you're trying to relive some shit. Just like go back. You've, made, you've had a great career, all this kind of shit. But like, you know, we don't want to, I don't want to look at Nick Farr Jones like this. Like in KKK leader or some shit like that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I'll tell you who's happy that Nick Farr Jones has come out and said that. And that is the Daily Telegraph because it's taken the emphasis off the fact that they completely stuffed up the Daily M's. Mm-hmm. They had the yeah. Daily M award <laughs> announced. Um, I was actually hoping to get a bet on as soon as I heard White <laughs> and one, but they had a problem with that last year. What happened there? Can what? What, what the hell happened there? I don't understand. So, I mean, obviously with... with That's a good question because I don't know what happened, <laughs> Daily Telegraph. Look, essentially what happens with these things is so that they can get the papers out. So they don't want to miss out on the publicity. Yeah. So yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll tell them the winner mm. um, beforehand. So they can then report. So they get the stories done at, say, 7 o'clock yeah, at yeah. night. But obviously then they put the you know, the story up on online, on, on, online mm. and then someone screenshot it and then it went around on social media. Social media is good at that. <laughs> and... So, I don't know. Like, you blokes have all been at Dalliams. They look like they're the most boring things of Boringest all Boringest thing you ever do. But imagine you're Nathan Cleary and you're sitting there and your mate texts you and goes, guess what, you didn't win. I'd get up and walk out. Didn't they, did they take their phones off them? I heard they took their phones off them. Oh, do they? Well, I th- well I, the guys that were there in the room, yeah. apparently it's out online. So, they... I don't know if they... No, they went, took Jack Whiten's phone. They did, yeah. They took their phones off them. I don't know if it was before... Uh, the actual was up online, or they oh, there's a stuff up here. Quick, quick, let's get their phones before yeah. they find out. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Because I think there. Jack said that he honestly didn't know that he won. So obviously, uh, they just went into like some sort of mode and just grab everyone's phone so they yeah. didn't look. Mm. So um, it's still amateur, Al, man. I mean, I think Gus came out and said, look, someone needs to be accountable for this, and I think it's the NRL. The NRL need to be really accountable for this. This is their most prestigious award. Mm. You know what I mean? You got these young kids. Uh, you know, got Jack White in there. You've got Cleary. I think Tedesco, Gutherson. You know, all the leaders of the game at the moment. It's, it's could have been one of their best nights, and it's just got, it got ruined because of just complacency and just stupidity. It's Is it still one of the best awards? Like, do you still look at the Daly M's as? I never have, got, but it's because you didn't win one. Sure, <laughs> ten times. <laughs> Jack White definitely deserved, definitely deserved to win it. Sure, I thought he had a like the back end of the the season. He had a great year. Do you think so. he deserved to win it, Ren? Like honestly, 100%. like like if you have a look, just say I think it was a bit of a shock to everyone that he did win because I thought it could have went just say if Nathan Cleary didn't win it because everybody thought he's easily going to win it. Did you think that? Mina? I, 
To be honest, I thought Nathan Cleary was going to win. Jack, was, did, was Jack White even in your like, oh, he might win uh, it? Because my second look, thought would have been Ponga and Cameron Smith. I think Jack White had a good year. I think he had a great year. He had a great, he had a good year, but I didn't, I didn't think of going into the night. Oh, he's going to actually win it. I thought. I, I don't thought think Nathan, I thought Nathan Cleary, yeah. and I'm, I don't know if you're a huge fan of him, but I think you know, 17 straight. Yes. They've lost one game all year. He has steered him around the park. I thought he was going to win. To be I, to- I totally get what you're saying. I'm, mm. I, I, my whole mindset was like, he's not the best player in the comp. But I said last week on the show, he's going to win. He will mm. win it because he's, it's well deserved. He's been playing in a team where they won 17 games in a row. He's at the he's at the helm. He drives that t- he drives that whole team around every mm. game, and he's going to get one, two, or three every every mm. week. So I thought it was well deserved, but I never thought Jack Whiten was going to win. I think the thing with that, when you're in a good side, though, like there's they they tend to spread those points around. Well, that's like, that's yeah. 100%. If you look at Clint Gutherson, so Clint Gutherson mm. was a standout player in a dog yeah. shit team for a lot of the year, and yep. so that, when Parramatta started to go off, Gutherson really started to play well. So he was he was polling points even when they lost. I'll give you some facts here. Just say like I'll go Nathan Cleary versus another player that wasn't even in the top fifteen. So tries seven each. Try assists. One's got fifteen. Cleary's got seventeen. Line breaks. Old mate's got eight. He's only got six. Line break assists. Old mate's got eight. Uh, Cleary's got 11. Tackle breaks. Old mate's got 50. He's only got 32. Force dropouts, eight and then 27. Tackle efficiency, 84, 82. This is against Jerome Hughes. He's not even in the top 20. It was an equal year. So like, mm-hmm. if you look at the stats and everything, I'm not big on analytics. I'm big on the optics and what I see. What, what, what you see is what you get. Like Jerome Hughes, like if you compare him, like, and, and he's not even at seven. You know, Nathan Cleary's in a great team. And I'm like, you know what? When you look at stats like that, you go, well, he's just doing his doing his job in the team. And I just thought he did enough all year. Well, I think, you know, that you got to look at, you know, who's voting as well. I think there's how many people that are voting. Yeah. But what do you think I, with... I, I was one of the voters this year. I put my hand up. But you, I think oh, You're fucking awful, man. Th- oh, yeah, it's my fault. No. But I only, I only judge literally five games all year. Yeah. and But I think they have a judging panel of... 12, 14 yeah. people. I think they should be playing. Is that too many? Is that too many? You, I, mean, I think it's great that they're getting guys. I think Bobcat was doing some things and you were doing Gordon Tallis and Andrew Johns. I'm like, it should be all former players. I get it. I, mm. I respect journalists who actually know the fucking game. Don't, if you haven't, and I'm not, I'm not believing like, oh, if you haven't stepped on the field, you don't know shit because if you're an analyst and you actually know what you're talking about, I respect you. Mm. But if you don't, and I see a lot of a lot of mm. journos that are voting for players. I'm like, shut up! You shouldn't even. You should not be <laughs> voting for players, mate. You have no fucking idea yeah, about yeah. the game. All you do, like, but if you're a great analyst and you know rugby league, I respect what you're mm. doing. Because they look at and they look probably, at different things. There's probably about areas. three. I think there's probably about three. I think mm. Andrew Webster does a good job. I think Paul mm. Kent does a job. Does a decent job. Maybe someone else you can fill in, but everyone else can just sit back. They need to get some former players that have played in the last 20 years to 30 years and they can judge properly. Do you reckon if you look at the way the voting system's done, so going back to Clint Gutherson, he got no points in I think it was round 19 or 20 or something Mm. and he was near the best player on the field and he lost by one point. So, you know, I I think any time you look at a subjective award where people are giving points and other people are going to have an opinion on whether or not, it's one of those things you can't really blow up because Jack no. White and won because at the end of the day, you could probably go through every single yeah, player's totally. points and go, well, you should have got three 100%. points. Minza and right. Ren, Ren Minnie and Ren, do you think the RLPA awards this year and in, in the last sort of 10 years, it's always, it's always been about like the players now and the players are actually voting and it's taking it real serious? 
Like, do you think that would mean more to you, Ren, if you won the RLPA awards or you got voted from fucking some journo all week, every every week? I'd prefer my peers to choose yeah. me as mm. the best player, not some journo. Definitely, yeah. peers, 100%. You think yeah. it means more? What are you, Mini? Oh, 100%. You're playing, you're playing with these guys week in, week out. They're... You know they're the they're the best judge. They're on the field. They know they're sweating it out every eighty minutes every week. So if they're judging for you, then that's pretty exactly. special. Exactly. So could just say when just say if we played against each other in in the, in the late two thousand tens, it comes it, it it ended up being a lot more professional than what it was in the two thousands. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. 100%. So it would come to you and or just say the leadership group and go, who was the best player on the weekend? Mm. And to that, and then people actually have to sit down and mm. talk about. Who was three, two, one? Yeah, and so it meant a lot more because back, just say in the late two thousands, no one give the shit. The give, it, give it to him, him, and him. Like no mm. one cared, but now actually now they care yeah. because people put some thought and time into into that award because I think it's becoming more prestigious. Are the RLPA awards new? Is that a new? It's not new, but it's been it's, it's a different formula now because yeah. I think I think they first started in two thousand and four. 2004 or five, and I think Big Ogre yeah, won the yeah. Big yeah. Ogre won the inaugural one, mm. and then it got a lot more serious. Obviously, with um, the RLPA becoming a lot more powerful yeah, in the yeah. game, yeah. and then so the back end of my career, and, and same as Mini, yeah, really had to sit down and go, "Well, who was the best player?" Like before in the 2000s, like fuck, who cares? Just give it to Mick Neal. You know what I mean? Like, it was just it was ridiculous. <laughs> Every award. Uh, if you're not in the grand final, is the Dalliums a massive piss up there? Massive. Oh, yeah, you can have a drink for yeah. sure. Yeah. Why not? It's, yeah. I mean, because you'd imagine those awards nights, they go. It's one of the worst nights you can oh, ever go to. You'd just be on the drink the whole time, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you were. I think we're, 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 we're stuck we're, on your table, really. We were at the RLPA yeah. Awards one time, and I think it was 2005, and we didn't even make we didn't make the, the eight that year, so that's when you can really turn it on. <laughs> and then, uh, so I think I think we're at the corner. We're right in the corner, right near the stage. I'm not sure if you were there, Minza. It was at, uh, at the Sofitel in the city, remember? And then every time they got an award going, like we, like some young players would tell them to go up. They were going up before, like just say the big lover. Remember big Jared Hickey? Yeah. So the main award got delivered to someone in 2005 and lover went up and walked up in front of like the, in front of everyone and just disrespected the whole fucking thing. It was so bad, but hilarious to us, but I don't think it was good on everyone else. Everyone, everyone was like, you fucking idiots, but... Mate, it was fun. Obviously, the, the award's a little bit more um, prestigious now, a bit more strict. Well, congratulations to Jack White. And I, I, he deserves it. He's a better yeah. play than Cleary. I don't like it when, you know, blokes win an award like that and then there's controversy and it takes the no, shine like, off. You know, he, he, deserves, deserves, it. He, he, he deserves it. He looked yeah. a little bit dusty too in his photos. He did. <laughs> yeah. No fucking tie, yeah, nothing. Did, did. Oh, no. no socks with his R.M. Williams. I'm like, come on, son. Someone dress this kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, last weekend saw, well... The preliminary finals, obviously, the Panthers beat the Rabbitohs by 20 points to 16 and the Storm beat the Raiders comfortably 30 points to 10. Those games, oh, I don't know. The Panthers game was close, the Storm game wasn't. But looking at the way the Rabbitohs played, I've, they weren't disgraced, were they? Like, no. They, they could have won that game. I don't think they deserve to be in the game. I thought Penrith were clinical. I thought they tackled well. They managed the ruck really well. I think South got lucky to be in the in the contest, but Penrith Penrith were definitely the better team. Yeah. So, what do you think? Why, why do you think Penrith won? 
Why? Why do you reckon structurally? Penrith, do you reckon you were at, you were at the game personally, yeah. so you seen what happened on that night. Like, what was what was what was Penrith doing that was so like, like you could just see like they're going to go to that next level. I just think structurally they were more sound. They managed the ruck better. Structurally they were good. South line speed, line speed, bigger, faster, stronger. They just looked like they didn't they? Yeah. Do you reckon the do Raiders? You, that was the end of the Raiders. When oh, they played the Roosters, that was, it, that, was that was their, their grand, grand final, hundred percent. Like yeah. you could tell, like week off the storm, fresh. They come out of the blocks. Raiders couldn't ha- couldn't find it. And uh, to be honest, the Melbourne Storm defense was was on again. You know, the oh. Raiders didn't have an answer for it. And that's the thing. Like in grand finals, Melbourne Storm they defend their ass off. They turn it on in in defense. That's why Penrith need to be on oh, this weekend, big time. Big time. I th- I think Otherwise, you know, they'll just make it a. a 16-4 game, Melbourne win. All those, all those grand finals they've been in, they've just shut their defence down and they can't get through, can't get through. So, you know, I'll, I'll hope the Panthers win, but it's going to be it's gonna be tight mm. because Melbourne know what they're doing. I, I Do look you, at, oh, sorry, I look at what Canberra did. I think Ricky Stewart tactically made a fucking mistake. He started Hudson Young and Savili Harvili. Mm. Two small bodies, regardless if they, you know, they've, they've been really good off the bench. But I think I would have started C.S. Soliolo or Dinamis Lou just to contain that big bastard, Sofa uh, Solomon, a big Nas, mm. Jesse Bromwich. And they just powered through that middle in that first 20 minutes mm. and it was over. Like Nas was getting a ball, like uh, he was skipping it. He was getting the ball at sea and then they were trying to get this line speed going. He was like, he's got late footwork, bang. And then he was running straight back at Hudson Young, straight back at Harvilly. Quick play of the balls, bodies flying everywhere. Quick play of the ball, Jesse Bromwich, Welsh, and then Brand Smith come on. It was just, it was, it was relentless, mm. you know. And then they couldn't, they couldn't get back quick enough. And then Jesse Bromwich scores that try. No one scores that try nah. first try nah. when it's right, right on the, right on the post. That's mm. that was embarrassing. Mm. I just thought Ricky made a, a, tactic, a tactical error there. I just think you start some big bodies because you know you got Solomon and Bromwich and that pound through that middle. You know, like Harvilly's a really good tackler, but like it took it out of him when he had to get in the had to get at nine again, because he had to get back. And then it, they just beat the shit out of him, man. It was so it was brutal what they did. Twenty minutes, they just had to hold. It was like what twenty twenty nil or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And then Canberra had nothing, man. You got Big Papa, he was trying his ass off. They tried their best, but they just had no gas left at yeah. the end. And they were fatigued from that week before when we totally. seen them there. Oh, us were hanging out against the oh. Roosters. In the last 15 minutes, they were fucked. I was at that game. That, that game was played at high speed, mm. Roosters, Raiders. It was end-to-end staff. The Roosters, they were bit off, obviously, but they were throwing everything at, at the boys to try and get them home. And Raiders were holding on for dear life, and they held on, won the match by four. Yep. But I think the Raiders were done after that. Do you blokes, I mean, when you played in the games and you knew that it was like, a really brutal game. How hard was it getting up, especially at the end of the season? How hard is it getting up for well, those next games? Because you know people don't understand that it's a build-up of your body copying it for twenty-six yeah, I know, weeks. But you're in, you're in, the, you're, you're so focused. Yeah, you, you 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 get up for it, but mentally or fatigue comes into it. But you you, you believe in your head that I'm I'm hundred percent sweet. I'm sweetie. I'm sweetie. Like, look at a couple of our senior players. They believe they were 100% sweet, but they were mm. missing tackles that they'd never yeah. missed before. My boy yeah. Cordner, yeah, like, yeah. They, they don't miss those tackles. Mm. You know, but they're all tired. Because I know, Ren, mm. you said the week before, you said the Roosters are gone. They've got nothing left in the tank. And that's kind of what it looked like with the Raiders, too. Yeah, I think they were cooked. Like, Roosters, 50 weeks in a row over three years. Mm. 
Yeah. At some point, you got to give up. You know, they had to beat Canberra. They had to beat Melbourne to get in the grand final. They had enough. Yeah, yeah, and I think that. If you look at the way the Raiders played throughout the year, everyone wrote them off when Hodgson was gone. Yeah, they did. You know, and then they just kept turning up mm. and turning up. And I think that does take a toll. I think, yeah. I, I, I honestly think it was a tactical error. Start Starling, mm, have Harvilli on, you know, Harvilli and have Hudson Young somewhere. It's just, I just seen him just get blown off the park. You don't get blown off the park in a preliminary like that. And it was just, a, it was a real tactical error. I just looked at that the first 20 minutes. I'm like, they're, they're done. You got a big Tino, big Tino coming off the bench, and Brandon Smith. They just continue that energy, and then you, and then you just all, all the time you're just chasing and chasing and chasing. And these, these guys from the bench, they come on with a different mindset. Instead of going, okay, well, Big Papa might be coming off, or maybe a, a Joe uh, Tapine and stuff like that. They're like, I have to come on and make a difference. And sometimes you try hard, and then a team who's on the front foot, you just can't help it, mate. They, you just get mm. belted, and it's just. It was just, it was a shame, I think, but I just don't, I think the two best teams have got the grand final. Yeah, I, I honestly think so. I agree. You're right. Do you reckon, I mean, you look at South and, and when Mitchell went out, their attack didn't suffer really. They were still scoring plenty of points. I, so. I think the fullback they put in, he actually went all right. He went yeah. well. He got he picked in the origin too. Yeah. Yeah. So Who's that? Corey Allen. Yeah. I think he got injured as well, but I think he's. I mean, yeah, yeah that really, yeah, that one good game. Everyone just quick. Everyone's quick to anoint these fucking next up and coming players. I think he had a decent game, but that's about it. I don't think. I think he'll fall back to the pack, and I think it, well, a well deserved effort to get into that Queensland, Queensland um, little squad there. But you know, losing losing Latrell and all those sort of guys, it just it took it took its impact. And at the end of the end of the game, they, it, it's, you could see him. I reckon mm. losing Campbell Graham. Big time. Just before yeah. that. that well, who, so who'd they put in the centres there? They so they, they really had to fuck it. So, so Cam Murray yeah. fucked that whole that whole thing up. The whole dynamics of South is because Cam Murray controls the middle. He does so much dirty work in he the middle. He had there. to sit down on yeah. that right edge yep. at right three and just watch yeah. his boys get do- demolished right. in the middle. Yeah. And you're wasting a bloke of his talent. Oh, he's so much talent. You need you know, him like, in the middle. You've got to yeah. put But him he cleans up all that shit, Minnie. You know what I mean? Like he does that stuff like Rico. Like Rico used to do that sort of Tony Grimaldi used to do that for us. Like just make 50, 60 tackles and just like But who's got the fastest play the ball in the game? He does. You need him you need him in the middle running. Yeah. And I think And then Cook goes. Exactly. And I think when you when you take the hard thing is if you take a bloke who's that good and you use him as a stopgap, mm. then it affects the balance of your whole team. Oh, totally. And I think South probably struggled mostly with with trying to cover that one yeah. position. I and just think – and, and Penrith just piled through it. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Like, like Fisher-Harris, Tarmow. I mean, even Isaiah, Isaiah Yo played a fair game, scored that really good try. But that, like, people don't understand like how bad def- how bad a defence that was, man. Like Tom, Tom Burgess, that's his fault. If you know the mm. game and you look at it, he didn't retreat quick enough to A. Mm. And if you didn't re- retreat, if you don't retreat quick enough to A on a quick play the ball, the guy who's B needs to jam yeah. in behind the play the ball, and they didn't do that. So Isaiah, yo, dummies, 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 and then finds that finds that A gap, mm. which should never be exposed. As a middleman myself, I'm like, with Tom's coming back and retreating late, if I'm B, I'm closing in, and that's experience. Yeah, mm. you know, and these young kids in the middle four for South don't have that experience. So if you're an experienced player, B, you close that gap and you move up quick so Tom's if, well yeah. so Tom's behind the line. You're right. If that happens, you got everyone's got to it's a up and in defense because if you want someone if you want someone to go through your defense, it's got to be around. It's got to be around mini. It's got to be around the winger. It can't so, be through the middle. So you you're you were one of the greatest fullbacks and the greatest communicators as well. And I think that comes from Corey Allen who was playing fullback. He's not the biggest communicator. Mm. So he would he should have said, "Look, you're out Tom." 
be push in because Isaiah Yo was he he went to go outside, but then he seen he seen the gap. Well, yeah, well, he's uh, seen the gap, and he goes, "Okay, well, well, Tom's." It was great football by him. Tom's it was, retreating. Yeah. It was a bad tackle from the from the other bloke coming the other side, but it, it should have been solved. You're right, because and and the fullback should have 100 percent done that, and then B should have been aware of but like he'll be he'll be listening to the fullback screaming, screaming, screaming. So get God, in, shit, get Tom's in. Tom's not back. He's got to tighten up. Yeah. So what Didn't would happen. you say? So what would you say? Just say if I'm in that position there, just say we're playing for Australia and you say, "Was I'm in that position here?" This is what comes to to um, experience and everything. Like if I was B or at A, you go stay out, well, B, first, push first, in, mates, push first, in, push in. Firstly, I'll be into A, like you wouldn't believe. Oh, you'd fly into you'd yeah. fly into A. If I'm coming, if I'm coming back late, Effing, if I'm coming back, back <laughs> if I'm coming back late, sorry, if I'm coming back and Minnie's like at A, goes you fucking lazy, get you know. Like, you have to be. You have to. You got to be yeah. that because middle guys, we and but at that level, we all know how to move in the middle. So people don't understand when they watch the game all the time. They're like, oh, the middle guys are just there to make up and just be big guys. No, you need to be fucking smart. You have the ruck recognition. You need to be on mm. point all the time, especially when the game's on the line like that Tom Burgess comes back he's played over 150 games he knows what the fuck's going on but B didn't know what the hell was going on he should have pushed in they all should have pushed in you never you never ever break it through that middle like that mm. and embarrass the team and then just score this that this is try. why the six again rule is crucial pretty, pretty crucial yeah. crucial pretty hard on forwards that these guys are going up and back for six tackles and then the ref goes like six again. Go again these guys are going to go again yeah. with no stoppages who's yeah. the you know best I mean? communicating fullback in the game at the moment do you reckon like who's the who's the bloke when you're watching a game? Who's the bloke that is really controlling that defensive well, look, line? Yeah, you know, when Billy Slater before he retired, he was with, yeah. without doubt. Yeah. Melbourne Storm look at their defence over the last five, six, Brett seven years. Good. Brett Stewart was good. Brett you were Stewart was good. Like that, that, it's, it, you know what it is. It's like whatever coaches put the main emphasis on the fullbacks to control the defensive line. Yeah. So Robbo massive on it. Bellamy huge on it. Uh, Manly, when Stuart was there, they were big on it as well, and that—that's what you got to do because they're the controller of the A's and B's. They're the—they're the voice because these guys got to look at ruck recognition, but yeah. also they're going up and back six tackles. Yeah, so yeah. you know you got to let them know what's happening. So yeah, you need to be smart. They're, they're going back up and back. I'm, I'm there. I've got my eyes open the whole time. So my voice is becomes. So important. It's imperative, so yeah. especially for young players. So just say if, if you're on any anywhere on the field, so just say if you're on the right side of the field, so if you're a middle person, you need to understand if you are at marker or if you're in the middle of the field or just say the right side of the field because it's a 6-4 split. You've yep. got to understand when Jonathan Thurston stand behind the line and Matt Bowen and all these sort of dangerous people, you gotta li- then you got to listen to your fullback. You know what I mean? Because some, sometimes it's a 5-5 five, five split and then if, especially in the middle of the field, and then all of a sudden JT and that are creeping around this side, it's a late adjustment. Mm. You need to make that late adjustment to go, okay, so the guy on the left side of the ruck needs to come over the other side to make it a 6-4. And then you solve the problem. Because these guys, the halfbacks are so good at, at hiding what they're doing. They'll, they'll try and get around the middle of the field and then to the right side of the field and to the right side of the post. And the posts are big, big, big indicators. Or the other side of the other side of the post you need to understand it's line. the post and the numbers. So people don't understand that when they watch the game and I look at the game and I can slow the shit down in my head. I'm like, damn, they're going to get caught here. They're going to get caught here. So it's just like, even if they get to the left side of the post, if we're running this way, like it's like four and six. And then if you, then, watch, if you watch a game elevated, yeah, like as yeah, you can we've see. played before, like I, I know straight away that oh, fuck, left side's short. Yeah. 
Yeah. If they they go that way, they're in trouble. So how much? But because reckon... it's, it's you know you're, you're elevated and you're far away, so you can see it a lot slower than on the field. It's going like that. How much know? do you reckon the six again rule has changed? Like in terms of rule oh, changes, I would have loved it. You back you in my day, yeah. it would have suited you. Oh, 100 percent. So I mean, it, yeah. is that the one rule change Not me. this year that's yeah. changed? <laughs> you've got to work hard. I love it. Oh, I would have hated it. I, I, and I see some wingers like do yeah. some um, dumb shit and at six to go coming in there trying to wrestle people for fucking eight seconds. <laughs> Penalty, bang, and the middles. I can see him just be like, oh, my God. What did you do <laughs> he that trots for? Off the I want to hit, hit that. I want to fucking choke that winger out. Because even the fullback might come up and do some dumb shit and then get a six to go. I'm like, oh, my God. I, would, I, I even get frustrated for the middles at the moment. I'm like, oh, six to go. I'll actually have to take a big, deep breath. <laughs> It's interesting, though, because that's probably the first rule change in a long time yeah. that's actually affected the game. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. Been. Interesting year, actually. All right, well, looking at the two sides that are gone now, so you've got the Rabbitohs and the Raiders are out for the year. Uncle Wayne, your father figure in life, mm-hmm. has got, he's got one more year with the Rabbits. Can the Rabbits, they've got Arrow coming in next year. Um, Latrell back. Latrell back. Can they, I mean, I think their premiership window is getting smaller and smaller, but... Is next year the year they can go on with it? I think so. Do you reckon, Mini? I think... Well, look, you know what? I, I, I didn't give him a chance this year at all, but yeah. Wayne Bennett. Belief. He's, he's unbelievable. Mm. Like He got them there, and to be honest, Penrith were all over him in that game, but they, mm. they couldn't put him away. They just couldn't put him away. There's some yeah. sort of resilience, the end, yeah. they? built resilience, the end, they, were, they, they, had, they were one try away from a grand final. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he'll, Wayne Bennett will get them thereabouts, and if they click on the night... Who knows? Cody yeah. Walken take another level. I reckon next yeah. year you get so much confidence out of, out of this year. Yeah, for I sure. think um, I'm not sure what's happening with Jimmy Roberts, the Jet. I think he's going to be off. Their forwards. I think Jaiara is going to be there to clean. I he'll think, be good. He'll be good for. I he'll think be he'll be. I him. think he'll be yeah. playing front row. I think Totola or um, Tom mm. Burgess can come off the bench. And and it, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sh- fully sold on that front row, that middle. But I think Jaiara is going to come in, and then Cam Murray can sort of relax his role and stop doing so much dirty work because Jaiara does all that sort of shit. Mm. Cam Murray can actually play some decent football with the ball, take a lot of pressure off Cody and um, and Reynolds. I think they'll, they'll be all right. They'll be in some good shape. They, they, I think they have the best attack in the game. They've proved that, and I think it's just all about defence. They yep. need to stop that shit. I think they need another big body in the middle, man. I think their bench needs to be. I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't sold on some of their bench players. You know, they're, benches, they're, yeah, it's important. They're, the bench so is so important. important. You have yeah. a look. You have a look at both these benches in. Uh, so Penrith and Storm. We'll review that later. But um, you know, you got Tedavano, Leota. Mm. Tedavano plays for New Zealand. Leota's probably going to be in the New South Wales side. Mm. You know what I mean? Mate, like that, you, that, you got the like, game, like you look at any grand final and the winners of it, and you look at their bench. They've come on and always made a difference. Always yeah. provided something, a spark, energy. It's important. Very well, important. What about the Raiders then? So the Raiders, um, they lose Bateman next year. Um, I think the Raiders have got a lot to look forward to still. I don't feel like yeah, this I mean, year, you know, there's some, their best players are probably still in the prime of their career. You, you know, Hodgson's still got a fair bit in him. and, and, and Type got, of name. You got White, Big and obviously pup. best player in the game now. So, I think the Raiders have got another year or two where they're still going to be definitely up at the top. I don't think. Yeah, I think they might take a little bit of a step back because um, they've had some some decent campaigns and they've been let down a fair bit. Like in the last, obviously the grand final last year, and then this year they they fell short again. But I don't. I just don't think they're they're going to be shooting for a grand final 
anytime soon. I think they're um, they're short of a another explosive back unless Curtis Scott can come back and um, play some decent footy. Uh, because was it uh, Jordan Rapana had to play right centre? Yeah, he he's not yeah. a centre. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's he's one of the best wingers in the game. Mm. Uh, Nickel Clocks, that's still a really good player. They lost Nick Kotrick, who holds a lot of energy in that team, does some really good runs out of out of yardage, so they need to find another another Nick Kotrick. Um they'll they'll come back to the pack. I think they'll be, you know, looking for that bottom bottom four of the eight. Yeah. You know, not not definitely not top four. I mean their their coach is, is great and they've got some a really build a really good culture down there, but Bateman's gonna be a big I loss. I think yeah, I think Bateman Bateman's gonna be a big loss. Yeah, hundred percent. He hurts him. I think when when Bateman's on I think you know, all, all those on. guys follow. Yeah. yeah, you know, Papali was probably the, their leader this year, but yeah. Bateman, you can tell if yeah. he's on, he's creating energy and he's up in people's faces, and all those other English guys follow as well. Mm. So I think he'll be a big loss for him. He's funny too. He's a bloke that's come in and had two years really yeah. in the NRL, and half that year he didn't even play, and he's, mm. he's really he's done, yeah, he's, he's done, done an amazing job. Yeah, he has. So. Um, congratulations to the Raiders and the Rabbitohs for a good season. They're finishing the top four, and that is a wonderful result for both of those proud clubs. All right, so Jared unfortunately isn't with us this week. Uh, it's the night of the Manicato Stakes, and obviously it's quite a big race down in Melbourne, and so Jared's off uh, on, you know, assignment there for Neds. So what we're going to do, I actually filmed a, uh, a, a segment with him earlier in the day and uh, we're just going to cut across to that now. Uh, take it away, Ian. Do a great job. Well done. Thanks very much, Ian. You're doing a wonderful job there. Uh, great cross. Well done. Great stuff. This whole show revolves around you. Well done, kid. Jared, welcome. G'day, Ian. How are you, mate? Very this well, by the sounds of things. This is, uh, this is a little bit different, isn't it? But anyway... Grand final show. We've got to change it up for the punters. We're changing it up. And you're, I know you're a busy man, Jared. You've got a lot on. <laughs> Jared, last week, uh, the 600-leg multis of Willie and Rennie fell over pretty quickly. Uh, my bet also no good. The producer, I don't even know what the producer bet on. No good. He went. He was trying to beat you into an NRL multi and it fell over almost immediately as well. He was all about the Raiders and they just never looked a shout really did they over before it started uh the only we did have one win last week it was my each way bet on bivouac another 250 dollars into the kitty you're welcome well done and you know what that whole bivouac i must say good work for the kitty uh but it hurt me that it didn't oh yeah no it hurt me I'm just not sure anything would have beaten Classic Legend in that. But if he wasn't at the absolute arse end of the tail turning for home, boy, I reckon we might have been on. I'm telling you, very close, if not. I don't normally cheer horses home, but I was cheering that one home because I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't dig at it. So this week, uh, Jared, let's, let's start with the big fella because, I mean, I'm not going to say that he hasn't won a bet all year. But you know what? He hasn't won a bet all year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pretty hard to tip around it when it's actually the case, isn't it? Yeah. So if I if I could have my bet this week, it would be that this isn't going to win. What odds <laughs> do I get for that? Dollar one. Yeah, right. Yeah. No good. Mar- market is closed on that one, I'm afraid. Um, look, the good thing about Will not being live for the bet, though, is that he can't just throw in an extra five or six any time try scorers last minute. You do throw does. me to that. You do He's... help with that. <laughs> Trying to help out the business that I work for, and they cut my paychecks. No. 
But this week, look, he's uh, he's seeing us into a multi as he usually does. It's paying a lot of money, but it's not paying as much as it could have if we had him live. He's got Storm 13 plus, which itself is, uh, you know, like he's obviously expecting a big performance from the Storm here. Out of the gates. Yeah. <laughs> Munster anytime try scorer. Addo Carr anytime try scorer. Uh, Munster Clive Churchill medal, which I think is an interesting one. And Richmond win the AFL grand final. Look, Obviously, very, very storm heavy. I personally agree with him that the storm might win. I'm not sure about the 13 plus. I also think that if the storm win, Cam Smith, just about the only thing he hasn't won is the Clive Churchill medal. I think he might well and truly just win the medal if the storm do indeed win this game. And saying that, Cam Munster is very good value here $12. Our shadow car scores for that. I think Richmond will be winning. He's getting odds of $369.84. And. And for the record, we did actually have to take a couple out of that. We did. So, yeah, we're running out of time. He wanted to dive into a couple of outsiders in the UFC as well. And it was just, you know, it was retirement money. He couldn't do it. <laughs> he has, he genuinely has not quite worked out how betting goes yet. <laughs> Terrific footballer, wonderful bloke, worst punter on Australian tour. <laughs> Let's go with me next. Uh, I'm, I'm going a little bit all over the place, Jared. I'm going to take Storm 1 to 12. Yep. I'm going to take Richmond. Um, I don't know anything about AFL at all, but I just no. thought, you know, why not? Yeah. And I'm going to have one last crack at the horses. Tonight, the Manicato Stakes, it's always uh, a big race just before the Cox Plate, the night before the Cox Plate. It's a wonderful sprinting race. And I think the form horse in the race and definitely the class horse in the race is the favourite trekking. He ran a good fourth, didn't he? And so, yeah, let's throw that in, Jared. He did. All right. Well, uh, let's step this out a leg at a time here, as we usually do, Ian. Now, the as we touched on just before, I think the Storm will win, personally. I think this is the far safer way to go. I'm with you here, one to 12. I also don't know an awful lot about the AFL. That being said, because of where I live, I've been to about eight games this year. I went to the Lions versus uh, Geelong last weekend. Now, Geelong, by all accounts, were just a lot better than the Lions on the night. But at the end of the day, they still really still really didn't put them to bed, like everyone says. The Tigers, just looking at their form, they've won two premierships in the last three years. I think they'll be winning this game as well. And Trekking, like you touched on there, very, very credible fourth in the Everest last week. He's got all of these classes at his best covered on form. I think he just needs the right run. And if he gets it, he wins. Combined, you're getting $18.83. I think you're a chance of lobbing here, Ian. This could make your season. Thank you, mate. Uh, All right, well, let's go to Rennie next. I think I was sent these through and it's way too hard for me to write them down and remember them. That's your job. So let's run with Ren's multi, which is a good one. It is a good one. This, I, this is the other one that I think is a legitimate chance of lobbing, and we're getting a very nice price for it as well. Now, he's got Geelong winning the AFL, so he gets one right or you get one right. Uh, he likes the Storm to win, and then he's taking us off to UFC 254 on Sunday. He's got three legs here. Uh, Bam Bam Tuavasa uh, is $1.90 even with his uh, opponent, Stefan Struve. He's got Jared Canonia to beat Aussie Robert Whitaker, who is a slight favourite. Now, his third leg takes us into the main event here. I personally think that Khabib is probably the scariest human on the face of the planet. And and Rennie's taking the upset here. He's taking Justin. Now, do you know how to pronounce his surname? Is it Gaethy? Gaethy. Gaethy, right. Okay. I've always, I, I've never actually heard it said out loud. I've always just seen it written down. It's an absolute tongue twister. So I probably should have looked into that 
before we went live this afternoon. But uh, that's fine. He's tipping the upset here now. If this gets up, and by all accounts, from everyone that I'm talking to at UFC uh, at work uh, that is into the UFC, this is probably Khabib's toughest test so far. If all of these lob, we're getting $43.41. Now, we're going to give Minnie and Rennie $100 again this week. So, this will be $4,500 if if it gets up. Yeah, wow. The only thing I don't like about that bet is I love Robert Whittaker. I think he's one of the greats and uh, handles himself well, and I wish him all the best. But anyway, money's money. So, yeah, it is indeed. No, I, I find it hard to tip against an Aussie blindly in a contest like that one as well. So. Yeah. So let's go with the great Anthony Minicello. He has also come in with about a 400 leg multi because <laughs> you know what? It's important to swing for the stars, even if you know you don't ever get to the stars. It's so. nice to look at them. <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. Great to have Mini back on for the grand final show, of course. Now, He's taking us into our first halftime, full-time tip of the season here, Ian. He's taking uh, the Storm to be leading the grand final at halftime and the Panthers ultimately to win. He's got Brian Tuot anytime try scorer. That's pretty much free money, in my opinion, that leg. The bloke scores for fun. And a bit of a left-field option here. He's got Jerome Luai to score, to win the Clive Churchill medal, I beg your pardon. Now, wow. I, think, I think personally, if the Panthers get up, it's sort of a similar case to... Cam Smith winning for Melbourne is that you'd think that Cleary's in everything. He has to be instrumental for them. He is the $4.50 favourite for the uh, the Panthers to win the Clive Churchill medal. In saying that, Jerome Luai stands right next to him. What's to say he doesn't set up a few score a couple himself and he's paying $23 to win the Clive Churchill medal. So that's not bad. (laughs) This is, I mean, it's going to need a bit of luck, but we're looking at Willie Mason territory for this one with Mini. (laughs) $418.14. $418.14. But he's getting $100 as well. He could very well bankrupt Ned this weekend. Is that? Well, okay. Right. <laughs> That's, uh, so basically now we've got Storm 1 to 12. We've got Storm 13 plus. We've got the Panthers. We've got Geelong. We've got Richmond. The only problem is they probably won't necessarily fall in the order that we need them to fall in. But anyway, no. at least some of us will be winning something. By the... Yeah, well, by the looks of things, covering the most sports and everything, we want Wills to get up. That hasn't gone well for 30 weeks prior to this one. (laughs) I think minis might have a slight better chance, but I actually think this week your bet is looking the best, Ian. And you would only say that because I'm here and it's just the two of us, but I do appreciate it. (laughs) Mate, thank you once again. Um, This is obviously the grand final show and we can't thank you enough for what you've done. We've had so many entries into this competition. and. um, Again, I don't really know when we're giving it away, but we're giving it away at some point. The producer will let us know. And it's been fantastic to have your support all year, mate. And I really do enjoy our chats. And I know the rest of the boys do too. So thanks again, pal. Well and truly been the highlight of my week, Ian. Uh, it's very much, it's very sad that I can't be live with you guys during the grand final show, but I'm sure it's going to be an absolute ripper. I uh, hope you all enjoy the grand final on Sunday, of course. I think the Storm are going to get up. But uh, regardless, enjoy. We'll speak again next week. And uh, good luck, Hunters. Good luck. All right. Back to you, Ian. Well done, mate. (laughs) Thanks very much, Ian. Wonderful stuff again from you. Uh, One thing that I did forget to do is do the producer's tips. Now, there's two reasons why I probably didn't do it subconsciously. One, the bloke is a germ. And secondly, shit at his tips. So there's probably no point, but... Again, contractually obliged, have to do it. So 
The bloke has picked Geelong, which is going against everyone else in the team because the bloke just always is about himself and not about the team. He's picked the Storm and he's picked a horse in the Cox Plate called Russian Camelot, which is unlike him because it's actually the favourite. And mm. he normally takes uh, – so that's, that reeks of desperation to me. <laughs> it does. But uh, Jared hasn't given me a price on that. Let's just say it's going to be a billion dollars. So he's got $50 and we're going to win a billion dollars for a gazillion. And mm. who wants to say it? Actually, Minnie, you say it. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. There we go. <laughs> Voice over. All right. <laughs> Boys, we are going to move in to the grand final preview. Uh, unfortunately, Rennie has had to leave us. Um, he's hoping to get back before the end anyway, of the show. Can I, can I explain to people, like, why? I said we're going to go live at around quarter to seven, and he said, I've got something on at nine o'clock, and obviously it's what? Quarter to nine now? Yeah. So he had to bounce out. He had some prior range. We, we thought we were going to be done by nine because usually when we shoot on Wednesday, he's like, you know, we're out of here by about nine o'clock anyway. So um, sorry about that. That's my fault. Do you like the way I was trying to protect you from yourself when it was clearly <laughs> yeah. your fault? Yeah, I thought, no, oh, it's my fault. You know, I'll, I'll cop it. You know, unlucky, Ren. Yeah. Cop it, on a the, good show. cop it on the chin. <laughs> I've copped a lot on this chin. It's a big chin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what we are going to move on to now is obviously the whole reason we are here, which mm. is the grand final, the Melbourne Storm playing against the Penrith Panthers. The Storm are favourites. Mini, should they be? Yeah, look, I think so. Even though that the Panthers have won 17 in a row, Melbourne have been there before, so experienced. And you look at their grand finals in the past five or six years, their defence has just been solid, outstanding, and you can't really break them too much. And I think the last game, I think, against uh, the Raiders, they started to show that defence again. Mm. And, you know, again, Penrith not limped into the grand final. They they deserve their spot 100%. Two best teams fighting it out. Um, but Melbourne, I think, deserve the favouritism. And I think it's going to be hard. I think... Penrith, I'm, look, I'm hoping Penrith can win. with it. Those young guys have been outstanding all year, but you know, experience does count for a lot in big games, so it's an interesting contest, the young bucks and the old bulls going at it. And I think just um, just thinking about Penrith, Cop- Api Corosau's played in the grand final, James Tarmow's played in the grand mm. final. That's it, mm. and that's it. And then you look at – and then I'm not even going to go through Melbourne, Melbourne's team yeah. with that grand <laughs> final experience. It's ridiculous. But I think – I was speaking to Ren before, and I'm like – that sort of reminisces about like in 2004 because we only had Tony Grimaldi and Steve Price playing the grand final. Mm, you know, interesting, like, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Know, so yeah. like ignorance is bliss sometimes and mm. especially in a game in a, in a, in a game like this, which is a grand final, you don't, they don't know how to lose now. They've had I 17 like games. They don't mm. know how to lose. Mm. And I think they're going to take that attitude into, into this game. Well, they take, they and need to, don't they? They, they need to. They, it's up. like you can't and, – mm. and we spoke about this last time you are on mm. about the Roosters taking Penrith to deep water. I think Melbourne's going to take him to deep water. Mm. And they're going to – and it's like you're going to get relentless attack both sides of the ruck through your middles. And Fisher-Harris and James Tarmow have the biggest job trying to contain that forward pack and yep. what they're going to do. And then on the edges with uh, with with Luai, and I think they're going to try and attack their left edge, which is Luai, uh, kick out Crichton. Mm. They're going to try and tire out their best players, yeah. Yeah. and and I, and I think they'll re- be relentless with it. They'll be relentlessly going down that edge, 
And that's the way to get Penrith. Take him into that deep water, put inside pressure, just non-stop hit Cleary. Because as I said before, like Cleary doesn't go near the line, mate. Mm. You know, he, he, he rarely gets hit. You're going to have some inside pressure for, for Nuke and, and uh, you know, Welsh and all these guys that do all that grubby sort of stuff. Mm. Solomona, quick bodies, Cameron Smith. They're going to be all over Penrith and they're going to take him to really deep water. And it's up to Penrith to go, okay, we've been here before because the only time they can sort of go, well, have we been here before? Yeah, we have been because the Roosters took us there in that mm. first round of the semifinals. And they were down 10-0. And then they come back. So they have that resilience and they have that sort of team. But this is a different animal, man. This is yeah, a different look, animal I, with Penrith. I, th- I, think, I mean, with, with Melbourne. Yeah, I think Melbourne follow a game plan. To the best. To the, the best out of any uh, team in the competition. Yep. So if their plan is working, it's bloody hard to stop. Mm. But if it's not working, this is where Penrith can get them. So where, where, do you, where would you attack Penrith if you were Melbourne? Well, do I attack Penrith? I think what you just said. Now, kick, now kick out and Luai, that's X factor right there. That, that, that's it right there. That's right. Luai, the way his unpredictability um, can pull defense apart, right? But if you're getting tackling and tackling and tackling, kick out tackling, and he hasn't got that punch in in attack, that's when they start to nullify the yep. Penrith attack. So again, you know that's that's the job of the Panthers to get those guys in the game, but you know, completion rate is vital. Penrith were completing ninety percent all year. Mm. What, what happened last week? They completed seventy. That mm. that that's a bit of an issue. Do do they? This is what happens. Do the coaching staff go, mate? Our completion rate was shit, and they focus on that a week, and it just stuffs their head up. Or they go, play footy. Don't worry about. It. Put that behind you. Play footy. Because when it what goes, because when it goes, oh, we mm. we completed ninety. What do you do there? Yeah. You dumb it down. Mm. Dummy half. Dummy half. Front row. Front row. Front row. Kick. Mm. It gets the, it's, like, it's like Johnny Lang back mm. in 2003 where it was like mm. four up for a kick mm. you, you break that shit down so so badly and it becomes really basic but you fall into Melbourne's game plan because yeah, Melbourne right. will dominate the middle yep. they're big enough bodies they've got guys like Cameron Smith and Solomona and Jesse Bromwich they're, they're, they're big time players mate their whole pack has mm. played international level origin level all throughout and even the, even the, even the bench players and I think it's going to be hard, man. This will be a massive win if Penrith oh, win. It'll be huge. It'll be huge. Yeah. I mean, and, and I always try and break da- games down. I'm like, you know, you take Melbourne 17, you take Penrith 17, everybody plays to their potential, Melbourne wins. Mm. So this is what's going to have to happen. Melbourne's going to have to play like a 7 out of 10 and, Mel- and, and Penrith's got to be 9 out of 10. That's what's going to have to happen. It's for them to win the game. I just don't. Mm. I just. I actually just can't see it happening. Even if it maybe it's Cameron Smith's last game, a lot of players moving on, and I just think I think Melbourne would just be too hard. I backed Melbourne at the start of the year. I was thinking the Roosters and the Melbourne going to be in the grand final, but like the, the, obviously the Roosters are gone now. And I just don't see anyone beating Melbourne. They've just How got important strike. is the start? You reckon it's going to be huge? Yeah, huge. like Melbourne jumped Canberra, and that's it. Game that was over. Game over. Done. Yeah. Like Panthers, you know, Panthers, Panthers have shown. Well, I mean, I think if they could probably let one or two in because they they do have that sort they, of they have that, that, belief they, in themselves. No, they have. They they play they play footy hundred yeah. percent. The Panthers know how to play footy. They need to do that. Yeah, big time. How would you beat Penrith? I mean, how would you beat Melbourne, Melbourne if you were Penrith? Well, it's the unstructured play, the second phase, kick out on good lines, and he's getting an offload and Luai dummying and that all, all that stuff and trying to break the defense apart because when. When Melbourne play that structured footy and it's just a block for a block, mate, their defence is too good for that. They read yeah. it because, yeah. as I said... Like, their game plan just is so too good for that. If you're a great defensive team, they can read the play so easily because Melbourne is the most structured team. Yep. 
and they can read structure as defensive players. Mm. So they know what's coming out. Block, block, out the back, mm. out the back. If they're going to hit the front guy, they know exactly where they're going and they'll just they'll solve everything. And what you said before with the kick out, the unpredictability of uh, Aluai and Crichton, these, mm. these, they've got some players that are outstanding, got some ridiculous X factor. You can't play boring football against no, Melbourne you can't do because it. Melbourne will just suffocate you and they'll, mm. they'll, they'll trick you into playing that sort of style. And they'll dominate the yeah. middle and they'll dominate the edges because they're all defensively sound. The only reason I think Cleary's kicking game's got to be so on point mm. because Vunivalu and um, and Fox jam in so hard. They leave that's, 20 metres. That's the important point. I think if Cleary's kicking game is on point and he puts up these floaters, the Vunivalu or Adokar, you know, there could be a drop there. Or again, what come, becomes important is the six again. How many yeah. six agains do, do Penrith get, do Melbourne get? And then challenging in behind the ruck, getting the forwards tied. So if someone makes, if a team makes fifty more tackles yeah. than someone else, you're basically stuffed. If, you, if, if, if Penrith make fifty more tackles in the first half, it's probably it's game, game over. over. Yeah, and I think you look at you look at over the last probably ten years, really sides that try to out Melbourne, Melbourne lose. Exactly. So That's what I was trying to say with the structure, and, with the structure, yeah. you don't, you don't. Yeah. I've, I've played against Melbourne. Uh, a shitload of times and the only way to beat them is through the middle and then play just football mm. you just don't play basic stuff at them because they can read it like a book yep. you need to come with some sort of point of difference and with some footwork some some pre-line passing mm. which Fisher Harris and Tama do a little bit yeah. not that much you know what I mean like they don't do that much so it's very predictable around the middle what Mel, what um, what Penrith do and I think Melbourne's going to read that it's up to Fisher Harris and Tama man some big big some big collisions got to be happening in the middle there to stop big Nas mm. and to Jesse Bromwich, Welsh, Finucan, uh Brandon Smith, that little nutcase when you get big cheese when he comes back, when he <laughs> comes good, on, he attacks good. everybody. <laughs> and I think Moses Leota, Zane Tedavano, they've got a massive big job. They've got a massive think, job. I mean, you've described Nathan Cleary as a bulked up Jason Taylor. He is. If he comes out and has a blinder <laughs> and he controls the game and he's kicking game and he takes a line on, are you going to soften on that? I think he's a really talented player. I just, I just think he doesn't go near the line. He needs to go near the line and try. And, if he's in the middle of the field and he gets a ball on the right side, he can't go across field straight away. He needs to go up and square A, B, and then them go across and then try and set his his back roller up. It's so predictable, and I think Melbourne's such a great defensive team and club throughout. I can last 20 years, you know what I mean? They just don't fall for that shit. Mm. The inside pressure that kid's going to be copping is ridiculous. And he's going to put more pressure on Luai because everybody like Luai's got a, he's got a late left foot. If he doesn't pass early to kick out or go out the back, he comes off his left foot. Mm. Melbourne don't leave those little, those little steps in the line. Everybody comes up in, they follow everybody. It's like an umbrella defence and that's the thing. Yeah, Penrith yeah. need to play football, the, mate. Yeah, they have to. There, there might be a, a few opportunities in the game. If the, if the Panthers don't take them, it's going and have a look at look at have a look at Melbourne defend when they when they kick it down when they kick it to each corner or whatever they are so compressed like the Roosters are so compressed mm. so there is room for an early an early shot at them mm. just to try and move that defensive yeah, line yeah, around trying to sure. try try not to get that that whole like oh, blanket play, that blanket defense yeah. you know like they need to start they need to spread it out straight away even if it's from 10, 10 meters out of their line they need to go Cleary boom hit Crichton hit kick out they need everybody needs to get reset really quicker get back behind the ball a lot quicker everyone needs to pick it up a lot more a lot more because Melbourne do that. They'll, they'll hit Fox, they'll hit Olam and all these sort of guys and Vunivalu when you've got Pappenhausen hitting that left edge yeah. with Munster. They, can, they, mm. fuck, they attack Melbourne. 
as I said at the start of the year, once they evolve with these new rules, they're going to be very hard to stop. Yeah. You know who good last week was the two wingers for Panthers? Yeah. Just through the middle. Toto saved them, mate. Yeah, 100% saved them. So I think those two become important because, you know, in and around a ruck, fast feet, getting those big uh, Melbourne forwards tired, maybe a couple of six agains, that's where they can start to bend them back a bit. And then a bit of second phase. Dylan Edwards. Yeah. What support. sort of role? What sort of role does he have, and how big is it? Oh, he's support. You're a full, you're a fullback, and I think, oh, me, what, me watching him evolve mm. as a player, oh, he's 100%. putting a kicking game and a passing game. What does he need to do? It's a massive role, isn't it? Yeah, when he first came in the first grade, his support play was one of the best in the league. He was up there supporting everything, but he didn't have the organisation, and he had a couple of drops in his game. Yeah, mate, he, the last couple of years, he's been outstanding for him. Yep. And speaking to Cameron Serrato, his assistant coach there, they've really focused on his defensive Italian organization. Brother. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Defensive organization. Missouri. And uh, he's been he's been unbelievable. And he, he could be the key because his support play is unbelievable. So if those forwards get in and around the ruck of Melbourne Storm and then you get kick out on a good line, there could be an offload. Dylan Edwards straight through the line. Something maybe because when they do attack both sides of the ruck, I expect your fullback to be around causing some sort of you know something behind the line, so some person makes that mistake. Because you look at Pappenhausen, you look at yourself, you look at all these fast dudes coming around the back. I'm like, that makes people make the wrong decision. Mm, Where true. Edwards, I'm not sure if he warrants that yet mm. because he's not the quickest fullback and he can't skin you with speed. So a lot of a lot of defenders on the edges they shut it down. Mm. So just say if Luai goes goes on the left edge and you got Kikau running that outside in mm. trying to get the four man interested and the three man even if he does I don't think Edwards has that pace to go around the back well, and skin him no I think Edwards uh, value is more in the ruck support yes play. around the ruck mm, because yeah. you got to support Tam like yeah. even like but their forwards don't really have that late really good offload with um, Fisher Harris is, is not too bad he's, he's evolving mm. is still not you know he just does that hard sort of work and Isaiah Yo, he's, he's more of a ball player. Mm. I'm like, I'm not sure if they have that sort of energy around the middle of the ruck where you've got that real good offloader. Well, both of you have separately mentioned how important benches are, you know, in, mm. in, in games like this and, and what the, the benches add. What we'll do, first of all, um, before we go on to the bench stuff, we were going to give away some uh, headphones, some audio, audio technica, mm. technica. Technica headphones. Technica. <laughs> anyway, the competition winner is a bloke by the name of Jason Elphick, who predicted the Panthers would beat the Storm 24-12. So, nice work, mate. Uh, the producer being just a Grinch, has you got to actually comment that you're watching. If you're not watching, you're gone. And you're I'm going to keep the headphones. I've got, 100%. 100, I've got 100 at home, but I'm going to keep them. Anyway, what are these for? Are they you haven't like got this? one. I don't have any headphones. I don't even know what I'm doing. But anyway, if uh, Jason, if you're Jackson, if you're watching, mate, comment. Otherwise, Willie's going to steal headphones. Uh, anyway, back to the benches. Now, I think that the balance of sides is so important. And, and I think when you are in a game like this and blokes are coming on the field, they mm. have to change the game. Yeah. I think the Penrith bench offers... I don't know why Finucane's not starting, obviously. I think they'll change that. I honestly think I think Finucane mm. will start, Solomon will go up to the front row. Yeah. Depends. Or or big big Nas might come off the bench. That's about it. So you're gonna you got big Tino, Brandon Smith and Solomon coming off the bench just to try and get you know, try and match. I think where they will match him anyway. You've got Zane, 
you got Zane Tedavano and Moses Leota. You've got Kurt Catewell who can fit in anywhere. Yeah. I think I think that's where they lose. 14-15. Tyron May is not really going to get that much game time. Kurt Catewell, does he fit in the middle? Does he go on the does he go on the centers? Is he there just to like as a stopgap? You know what oh, I mean? Like, he had, I'm he had not about sure. three drops last week. Yeah, I don't think he played yeah. that well. And then you look at Brandon Smith, Tino, Finucane, and Nico Hines. Nico Hines is probably that only kid that mightn't play that many minutes. And yeah. that's that's, that's he's true. a stopgap between obviously with the HIA and everything mm. going on now. He will he's just there for a safety sort of blanket. I think so. Th- There's th- other three, they're, yeah. they're gonna be animals. Well, this is where the Ben and May yeah. though. Well, they swap. I mean, last week they swapped May. They started May in the centres. And Naden played nothing. And didn't yeah, play the did. game. Yeah, you're right. He didn't play the game. Yeah, that was a bit So there's a strange. chance after yeah. that. Like, I, I mean, you blokes can explain this better. But if I'm a coach, I'm not pulling that in a preliminary final no and they're not doing it I'd in like, a semi, in, in a yeah. final. Well, why I, would you change a winning formula? That's yeah. what I say. I stick the winning formula, play plan, and yeah. the bench becomes vital. So mm. there's a chance that Naden doesn't even make the team. Well, he's in it. I think Tyron May's done it... Not a not a exceptional job. Maybe okay. Threw a couple of good passes here and there. He just did his job really. Kurt Capel was out for like 12, 14 weeks. He's come off the bench, started because of kick out and all that kind of stuff. But they had a really good thing be, between uh, Moses Leota, Zane Tedavano, and Spencer Lienu. Spencer was fucking going hard. He's only a mm. 20-year-old kid, doesn't know how to lose, comes off the bench, and was tearing shit apart. Tyron Mays played himself into Kirk Catewell. Mm. I think he's a big signing. He's, he's a future player, but I would still have another big body because Kirk Catewell can't play in the middle and sustain more than like 10 to 15 minutes, I don't think, because he's a back rower. He's Who a back roll centre. Back roll centre, right. mate. He's playing, he plays right. in the centres, and I don't 100%. think he, he's not going to fucking battle. Um, he's not going to battle uh, Dale Finucane or Big Tino. Brandon Smith, and if they drop Solomona yeah. back, it's interesting the two you know slightly different strategies on the bench there. So what are you looking well, for? Just say sorry. So so you got Tyron May and Kurt Capewell, like, like what are you doing there with Tyron May? Does he? Are you looking for an outside back? Are you looking for a half? Or like well with I don't Capewell, know. are they just playing him a straight second row? They're not really. Yeah, I, yeah. he needs to be able to play in the middle. And mm, as a back lot, roller. Yeah. And I don't think he... I, I think he will in a grand final. He, you go, okay, Kurt, go in the middle. And he, Jimmy Tarman needs a break. Go in the middle and do your thing. Because I think he's a tough kid. But I'm not sure he's played that much middle middle football. And you've no, got a guy like Cameron guess. Smith who knows someone who doesn't actually know how to play in the middle. He'll exploit you. Who's who's on their extended bench? Because I think there's a chance that if they play Tyrone May in the centres last week, they do it again this well, week. You got, and you got, get rid of Naden. Well, you've got Naden Dean Farre, Matt Burton, Mitch Kenny... And Spencer Lianu. I reckon Lianu I would comes put in. fucking Matt Burton at 14 and I'd just flick Tyron, mate. Yeah, they won't, they won't do that, though. They rate him. <laughs> yeah, I don't rate him. He's, I know you don't like him. There's reasons you don't like him. But he's... I mean, I think, realistically, there's a strong chance that May starts in the centres and Naden's out of the side completely because you can't have him it's on the dumb, bench man. in a grand final. No. There's no point. No point. So, no. Spencer Lianu's, Lianu, Lianu has been... He's been good all year. So, I think there's a chance he comes in. Mm. Um, in terrible news for you, William, uh, Jackson's just actually... Replied. <laughs> he's commented, so he's just won the. You don't. Get ah, phones fuck anymore. you, Jackson. <laughs> Congratulations, Jackson. Well done. Well Chip. done, mate. Uh, I'm sure. I don't know. I've already worn them anyway. They've yeah. They're used <laughs> secondhand. Willie's worn them now. He's ruined them. But anyway, good on you, Jackson. Thanks for watching, mate. We really appreciate uh, your support, and we hope you enjoy whatever you're getting. Headphones, good. Uh, all right. So, looking at the overall game. Melbourne grand finals tend to be fairly 
dour affairs. Yeah. You know, they play, Tight. you know. They shut it down. They do. They <laughs> shut it down. I can't see this grand final being one for the ages. But I think Penrith now, they're a young side. They've won 17. They're the only Sydney team in there. Everyone hates Melbourne. Mm. You'd have to think they'd get a fair bit of support at the ground. Yep. Is that going to play a part at all? Well, it's, yeah. 40, a little bit. 45,000. That's yeah, not too bad. That's not too bad, yeah. Look, uh, atmosphere does play a role. Um, I used to get that in Jersey Flag, 45,000. <laughs> Watch me play under 19s. With the big hair. The hairdo. <laughs> the afro. <laughs> the big afro, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you played your grand finals, um, the Roosters historically don't get as many in as grand the finals. Would do. In oh, grand yeah. finals, <laughs> <laughs> we turn up for the big show, the big, the, big the big dance, the big dance, the big dance, the preliminary, preliminary, and, and the big dance. Yeah, the GF. Thank you, fuck that. What's 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 round twenty one? Does the crowd? Does the crowd? Did you find the crowd played any role at all when you were in a grand final? Oh mate, when you run out, oh, it's mate, the best it's feeling in the world, isn't it? It's just, it's hard to describe. Like, it's, and that's what all professional sportsmen miss mm. is you're walking down the tunnel and you've got a laser focus on just one job, your yeah. own job and the mm. team's job. Isn't it weird? Nothing else matters and you walk out and this crowd just erupts. Did you and ever think, just, like, just you know, say with your grand finals and mini, like you're playing a shitload of them, but, like, the, the level of pressure, did you ever feel it? I honestly, like, just say with the big games that I played in the Australian level, New South Wales, it was just so, like... Wasn't one of those players to get overawed with any sort of with the, with I any sort of, sort of crowd. I, I'd sort mm. of love it running out and yeah. go, yeah, this is pretty cool. There's a hundred thousand here. There's mm. seventy thousand. There's eighty thousand. But like the end of the day, it's like I don't think I can get wrapped up with a crowd. It's fucking great when they when they cheer. Yeah. But once that whistle goes, it's I like mm. the big games are. I I love playing more. Like you you, you go do to a, don't you? Go you? To a, because you don't want a Sunday Arvo and it's. Yeah, pissing down rain and there's 2,000 people there. Or you're playing the Warriors in round 26 <laughs> and it's winter yeah. and it sucks. And you get I mean, we played in Christchurch, right? And we played the Warriors. There. It was our home game. Yeah, we, we, a, we did that too. What we, a great we, call. No, we, we, did the, sorry, we, we did that in 2001, <laughs> 2 and 3. We went to we took our home games to fucking Wellington. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mate, it's probably it one of the coldest games I've ever played. Wind chill was in the minus 15 and it was your just body, ridiculous. Because your body fat I've is... Got, I've got nothing on me. I was Zero. Hot water bottles and shivering and trying to play fullback, trying to catch oh, balls. How good awful. is the marketing department? Yeah, we're playing in Christchurch, are we? Yeah, That's, great decision, yeah, that. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, Origin's different, obviously. I mean, you blokes played Origin, a lot of Origin, and, and, and you play one game where everyone's on your team or on your side, then you play one game where no, everyone's great up in you. Brisbane. There's a definite, like, there is a different change, as you're saying, like just say with playing in New South Wales, you've got a hundred, just say we're playing mm. in front of 100,000. Like they're all going for you. Mm. But I'm still fucking jealous that I'm not, we don't have that, um, that sort of thing. When I, I see some fucking Queensland players that should, would never ever make a New South Wales team. They get to run out at Suncorp <laughs> with that jersey on with 60,000, I mean, just say 52,000 people just like cheering. It's deafening. It's deafening. The way that that stadium's built yeah, is just ridiculous. Mm. And we run out in 100,000. They're all going for us, but you can't hear. I mean, you can hear still. You can talk to someone. Like when you run at Suncorp, I'm trying to talk to Mini like we're this close. Mini can't hear me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So they, um, that's the only thing that I was sort of pissed off at. But um, And when the bloke threw the rum and coke at your head. That was a, that was, that was <laughs> a good <laughs> shot. But I think <laughs> just, say, just say with grand finals and that like right now, grand finals are pretty even. It's very even unless that mm. team really is on top and a Sydney team. So just say Penrith, they get on top and then they, they, know, they know they're going to win. It's going to be about 20,000, 30,000 Penrith fans. Yeah. And you're going to hear them. Yeah. Just say yeah. – 
just say there's no COVID and it's like just say Roosters versus South or Roosters, some sort of Sydney team or just say with Storms out of town, yeah, that home crowd, mm. you're going to let 60, 70,000 cheering for you if you're yeah. a Sydney club and Melbourne's going to get there maybe 20,000. So you can, yeah, that, that crowd, it means a lot. Players are going to miss it. I mean, but I think you're going to hear it at the end at, 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 uh, on Sunday. Still, you're yeah. going to hear it. Have you been to a grand final not as a player? Like, I've, have you ever actually been as a spectator to a? Yeah, I've on? been. I've I've been every year since I retired. Right. Um, this year I've got a, a birthday party on, so I'm, I won't. This is the first, probably the first year I won't go. And the Roosters didn't make it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, you. I mean, you do. The odds I've done a couple of things. I'm not really big into that whole um, going to the game and all that sort of bullshit. It's a bit. It's a bit much, especially when you're retired. I yeah. don't give a shit about the money or anything like that. I'll just go. I'll go do some things. I'm going to do a thing. Uh, I'm going to be at Canterbury Helson Park with Robbie Farrer. He does his own uh, events, 24-7 or something like that it's called. Mm. Probably give him the wrong plug there. Two for seven. Twenty two for twenty two for seven. Or? Who cares? <laughs> Robbie Farrow, he got his own company. He, he goes. He goes. Yeah, mate, magnificent he rang, that he is. rang me last. He rang me yesterday. He goes, mate, what are you doing for a grand final? I'm like, probably going to sit at home and just um and watch and just chill. He goes, oh, you want some couple of here, couple of um couple of dollars? That's about it. <laughs> two for seven dollars. Yeah. You want you want five bucks? You want to come watch the <laughs> watch the grand final with a bunch of punters? Yeah, so I'm going to do that at um, Canterbury Hillsome Park. Yes, you've been there. I haven't been there since '98. You're not it's a great back place. No, yeah. They all love you now. <laughs> they all love you. They're back I'm on retired, your side. Mate. All right. Well, let's uh, let's just go through the way we think this game will win. The, the game will be won. I think I think Storm win. I'd love the Panthers to win. Mm. Um, Mini, you've tipped the Panthers. Why do you think they're going to oh, win? Oh, Mini, because you know what? He's fucking from the West. That's why. He's from Campbelltown. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Mini's a Bondi boy. No, he's Seatown until he fucking dies. And well, it's you know, coming out now. I've seen these multis that were getting thrown around and everyone's yeah. tipped Melbourne. I'm going to go different. Well, I, I, I'm going to go somewhere that I'm, I want them to win, obviously, yeah. Penrith, because, yeah. you know, Sydney team, Melbourne have been there and done it before. So I went, uh, you know, half full-time double with Melbourne leading and then Penrith coming home, which, Ooh, which is going to be tough. That's, that's, oh yeah, that's solid. <laughs> no, no, that that's, is that's solid. Ballsy. Penrith need to have a good start, yeah. I, I feel, to um, get into the game. And again, what we talked about earlier, don't tighten up, play footy and make sure that they don't make mistakes. Yeah, it's very ball, important. Hold the ball, but still play footy. So you're sticking, with, the, sticking with Penrith? I'm going to stick with Penrith, but I'm, look, my... Head says Melbourne just grind it out mm. and Boring tighten up the defense. Yeah, make it. Yeah, but I don't oh, want that. I, I, want, think, I, think, yeah. I think I think I think it'll be a really good game. Um, Penrith will be in there. I think if, if you're Penrith, if you go in at halftime as ten six, something yeah. like that, uh, you know you you're within um, striking distance. Mm. I think Penrith they'll be there in the second half. But I think Melbourne will be just like just setting up, setting up everything. You know, like just get, they'll go through your middle, then they'll attack edges. They've got a such a great, great game plan, and as mm. you said before, they they stick to it. Yeah, they stick to it for eighty minutes, and they'll stick with their culture and they'll stick with their game plan. They've got so much trust in the system, and it's going to be hard to beat them, man. Cameron, I think I think ultimately it's going to be Cameron Smith's last game, mm. and I don't think they're going to let him down. And I just look at the cattle, as I said before, one to seventeen. They play their best game; they're going to win. You know, Penrith's got to play outstanding. Yep, and I'm not sure where Melbourne's weakness is. Do you go through the middle? I'm pretty sure they can nullify that. Do you hit edges? They can nullify that. Do you try and go around them? Do you know how much speed Melbourne's got? Yeah. They're back four. Back mm. f- I mean, the game and, and 
it meant a lot because we went through a lot of shit in that year mm. and then everyone sort of dis- disappeared and then like we were just in the showers and we had the trophy there mm. and it was about like 10 of us just drinking i don't know what the fuck we were drinking heap of blokes just nude around <laughs> around the fucking uh around <laughs> around the um around the trophy it was quite weird but it's not weird for us and um just sitting there just having a drink and just having a really good chat about everything and that's when shit you can actually remember it now, obviously like that was 16 years ago for me but i remember that moment it's mm. like everyone disappeared john howard fucked off out of the room I cracked a beer with him and sprayed it on his face. <laughs> um, a lot of the supporters just left, and you know you got family and that's still waiting for you. But you know, then then you need that you need to soak that moment in, yeah, because you're never gonna you don't know when you're gonna get it again. And I never had it again. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in 2002, you would have went fucking. You wouldn't even remember oh, 2002. Man, I, I, I so was you 22. Know, so I was so young. You take it for granted. You do. You yeah. think oh, I'm gonna be in these for years. You know, and then, mate, it doesn't it's bloody hard to win a grand final. It is you know, bloody it's just, hard. It's ridiculous. And as you mm. said before, I like, just say you got you had five weeks to party. Another topic, like these guys have got to go in right now. It's a totally different year. These guys have got to go into this grand final, and they get they're in camp on Wednesday, mm. and then they're going to play in a week. It's like fuck. So, yeah, I mean? let's, it's, let's it's talk crazy, about that. They, they've been in the bubble all year, right? So they're only allowed to see who they're living with. If their parents live somewhere else, they're not allowed to see mm. their parents, their family, their grandparents, whatever it is. Training, home, haircut, home, play the game, home, maybe quick shop, home. That's it. Mm. They come out of the bubble for how many days? Four days, five yeah, days? Straight and they're back, back into it for origin. It's a yeah. tough year. Like, I remember just year. say in 2004, we were both picked in um, in the Australian side. Mm. So that that happened to us, didn't it? Yeah, so well, we, we played so on we, Sunday. So we played on the Sunday. We had to be in camp on the Sunday as well. And I'm like, yeah. fuck. Oh, we, had, we had moments where, because I, I was uh, inaugural and incumbent test player, and so were you. I, I had moments like, I don't even want to fucking go on tour. <laughs> obviously, it's a stupid thought, but you obviously yeah, go. No, but yeah. it's just like, fuck, we're having so much fun in Sydney. And this is when Sydney, this is when Sydney was the fucking shit. <laughs> you go yeah, it was some fucking great times. Every night, any night of the week, you're the king. You got the keys to the city. You got everything like that. And I'm like, I didn't party for like three or four days, got to back in camp, doing fucking Malcolm's on Saturday. Oh, this is ridiculous. Although you get over to England. And you get over, and then we go to England, <laughs> then we go to England, then we're in fucking Carbo and we're going crazy, but it's awesome. We win that whole World Cup and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It was a great time, but I mean, like, you had those little moments going, fuck, I've got to get back into... And you we, just, but, yeah, you take we were, a breath and we you relax. Back, but we were going back into, um, into camp with the Australian team, not... Origin, when it's the hardest yeah. shit in the world. So there's yeah. a different mindset is, there. They're going to go up, and then yeah. I think, you know, all credit to all these players that have played for the whole year mm. into Origin right now, win Origin, hopefully New South Wales, and, mate, a lot of respect for these young kids. Yep. And there's no – the asterisks can fuck off, and these like tick, 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 tick. It's been harder this year for them. Yeah. One thing I know, I mean, Will and I have been very good friends for a very long time, and, and I know that this bloke – it's all about team for him. And he would swap all of the individual honours that he's had in the game, all of those things, for premierships with his best mates in, oh, in, in his clubs. And yeah, 100%. So what I, what I would say to all those players, you know, for Penrith and Melbourne, this is an opportunity for you to create a memory for yourself that you'll never, ever forget. And it will be a memory that probably is going to supersede anything that you ever do mm. as an individual. It's yeah. all about the team. And so... We wish everyone playing in the grand all the final best all yeah. the best. And... You know, good luck, boys, and we hope you go well. Have a good time. I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL as Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two fancy 
You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 